0: Welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how to build your practice from startup to scale up, while being the kind of coach your clients crave. Finally, a podcast for financial coaches. Here are your hosts, Maria Casillas and Cody Sizemore.
1: All right. Well, welcome to the Financial Coaches Podcast. And we are just so, so excited to get this off the ground. Get it running and, uh, you know, just kind of unpack what this show is all about for you, the listeners, as well as even for us, the, the hosts as well. Uh, we have a lot to cover. So, um, Maria, you want to add anything to that?
0: Oh, just, I just want to double down on the excitement that we have. I mean, we're, we're so excited to bring this podcast to coaches, by coaches, especially in the financial coach world. It just seems like a its own little unique niche. And so I'm excited that we're able to do this. That's it
1: absolutely absolutely so I think that for the for the first episode we should kind of just give the listeners an idea as to what the show is all about um you know why we're doing it how it even came about as well as telling them our own personal stories because I think it's important for the listeners to know who's speaking where we come from and what we're trying to accomplish as well
0: Um, absolutely so
1: so as far as the story is how the podcast came about I'm going to let Maria go ahead and tell that because, um, you know, it kind of originated through a little bit of a weird, uh, you know, (laughs) conversation that we had. I saw something that she that she was doing and I was like, well, I want to do that, too. And then it just snowballed into this podcast so maria if you want to just share <laughs> how all that happened that'd be
0: great yeah well it's, it's actually a really good testimony for collaboration and and the reason i say that is because about a year ago i didn't even know who cody Sizemore was and he came into our world through uh, another collaboration that i have with some other financial coaches and you know cody you've just always been a real just a real gem in our community, someone who's willing to just step up and do something. Anything that we say, you're like, okay, (laughs) you just, you do it. And so I love that about you. And I think that because I was talking to you, it made it very easy for me to uh, have this story unravel. So in a nutshell, I am also a podcaster on a different podcast. uh, And I had, in our community, I had offered for, um, or I for people to share how they were stretching themselves in that particular month i personally had stretched myself by asking to be a guest on other people's podcasts and cody saw that in the community and thought you know what i'm going to do the same thing just in cody Sizemore style so he asked me if he could be a guest on my podcast i said absolutely i would love that and then we kind of got to talking about why he was looking at podcasts in general And he told me, you know what, I've been kind of on the hunt for a financial coaches podcast, and I I really haven't been able to find one. And so I just said, well, let's do one. And he's like, okay. (laughs) I should have known (laughs) who I was talking to and that you absolutely were going to jump in on that. Um, But it did take me a little bit by surprise because not everyone would say okay to that. And it just got me to thinking, you know what, we have the means, we have the time, and we have the the value to bring to other coaches, so why not? So that's how this was born.
1: Yeah, uh, and to kind of double down on that, I absolutely am an opportunist. Um, Anytime that I think that I can do something that's gonna help push me forward or help someone else, I'm just like, yep, let's do it, let's do it. So when she hit me with that, I was actually kind of taken aback at it at first. At first, I thought it was a joke. And then I was like, (laughs) well, if it's not a joke, I'm gonna just say yes and see what happens. And here we are. So. Uh, yeah, like she said, I, I had been, I've been searching for this pod, this type of podcast, um, for well over a year, I would say. Um, and, you know, with, with me searching, I was looking for something that was going to help financial coaches specifically. And, Mm -hmm. um, in particular, help them build, uh, certain areas with their coaching. So the business side of coaching, you know, helping be the best coach for their clients as well. Um, and also really focusing on the mindset of the coach themselves. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, the the good times, the bad times, and everything in between, that's something that I think is really important, um, especially if you're doing this alone. You know, a lot of us are solopreneurs, and I think that's really important to have that kind of support system and know that you're not alone in it. Um, and, you know, like I said, I, I was searching for a long time, and I had found a couple episodes here and there that pertain mm-hmm. to this this topic. Uh, but it wasn't anything like, like a go-to show, you know, it wasn't anything I felt confident in and like, you know, I can tune in weekly and I can find what I'm looking for. Um, so now, We're presenting this to you, and I'm hoping that you get as much value as as we are. So
0: I I think that's cool, and I'm so glad that you said you could find a few episodes. I venture to say you could probably even find a few podcasts out there that touch on the business side of coaching, on the coaching side of coaching, and even on the mindset side of coaching. But to bring them all together, that's where the secret sauce is going to be, I think. So I'm glad that we're able to do that. Yeah. So I agree. Cody, I tell agree. us a little bit about just your story in general and how, how did you come into this whole financial coaches, pod, not podcast world, sorry, the financial coaching world in general?
1: Yeah. So my story is a little bit different than most I would, I would imagine. Um, cause I come from an industry that's pretty disconnected from finances. Um, and that industry is the music industry. So mm. it all started when I had just graduated high school and I basically, looked at my my best friend at the time and just said hey you know we both play guitar and i was like hey do you want to like start a band and tour the country and he was like uh yeah so that's what I'm we did some
0: patterns in your life cody
1: yeah 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 yeah
0: <laughs> well, i guess we need to be careful you know, if, what we say hey do you wanna <laughs> right right if you want to do it
1: you just do it that's how it goes right. so
0: i'm sorry um, i didn't mean to interrupt you go ahead
1: oh you're good you're good yeah, so that's what we did. And, you know, I, I started this band with my buddy, um, and we got all the members together. We started writing some music and started playing some shows in our local local venue. Um, and, it, you know, we did that a couple times. And, you know, the first show we had, you know, 40 or 50 people show up. And then the next show we had 100 people. And the next show we had 150. And, you know, it kind of, like, just kept growing and growing. And eventually it got to a point to where we were selling out our, uh, our local venue. And wow. it, at that point I was like, cool we just stole our local venue. Not every local band does that. So that's cool. Uh, how do we keep going? And the next, the next step was then to branch out and to, you know, start touring. So we started doing that and uh, you know, we bought a van, we bought a trailer and we packed all the guys into the van and hit the road. And uh, you know, we're from Ohio. So we traveled all across the country. We went to, you know, Washington, we went to California, to Florida, New York, uh, and everywhere in between, and we did that for probably like five to six years, something like that. Um, wow! And you know, you can imagine for a kid who's between the ages of nineteen to twenty-three or somewhere in there. I think that's how long I was doing it for. It was super exciting. It was one of the best times of my entire life. You know, you were quote unquote living the dream, right? Um, <laughs> but you know what I can say that with with his as a like an amazing period of my life that was, there was definitely some trials that came with it too and some struggles. Um, and for me, it was never the struggle of like making music. It was never the struggle of traveling. It was never the struggle of doing anything music related, but what made all of the music be a struggle was my own personal finances. Um, you mm-hmm. know, I had debt, I had five figures worth of debt. I had no savings. I was spending everything I, I made. Uh, you know, when I when I was home, so then when I went out on the road, I just kind of winged it, and you know, eventually it led to me living off of three dollars a day when I was on the road. Not wow. not not like an hour. You know, it was a <laughs> right, day, right. So wow, yeah, that was tough, and you know, that three dollars it covered. You know, we, we covered gas and then everything else was kind of split up and you know i was able to get like a 59 cent banana and an 89 cent uh you know can of chef boyardee ravioli or whatever it was and i would just mm. eat that straight out of the can with a spoon cold oh. you know it was great
0: it was great i especially oh like the states
1: that were warm though so maria you're from oh, arizona like my
0: state. yes Yeah, you could drive through arizona and have like warmed up chef boyardee for the day
1: yes yes so a little little bit of a tour hack in case there's anyone's listening who's in a traveling band you just stick that can of ravioli in the dash dash let it sit there for an hour and then bam it's like it's like you just cooked it it's great so
0: now yeah i mean you stay for the hour when you like and and not really for that hour but just out of curiosity so if it was so hot in those states that it could cook your actual can of chef boyardee yeah I mean wasn't it also cooking you in the hour or were were you just oh yeah where would you go in between
1: uh we would we would literally just chill in the van in the shade we'd have the doors wow. wide open with some with some like portable fans running and we would just like you know we had bean bags and stuff like that and we would just wow. sweat sweat comfortably is what i would call it so uh you know i heard
0: yeah. a have heard a statement and i'm probably gonna screw it up because it's not written down for me but it's something along the lines of creativity is what happens when you have to find a solution where if you had money, money would be the solution. And I know I'm screwing that up, but basically it says if money were the solution and you just don't have money, then we have to get creative, right? We have to be, we get scrappy. We figure things out. And what you just said was you didn't have any money. So anything that would have been a cost for you, you figured out a way to do it without it. So kudos to you for that creativity, mm-hmm. that's amazing.
1: Yeah, well, thank you, I, I appreciate it. But you know, what I can say about that is that it was um, it was cool for a while, but you know, if you start touring for six months out of the year and you're living off of $3 a day off of six months out of the year, it can get very, very wearing on you, like big time. And that's sure. ultimately what led to the, the stop of my band um and it was unfortunate because you know we were touring Mm -hmm. a lot and you know we weren't making a ton of money but we we had a following and things were going good and you know we had just got done recording with a uh like with a platinum record producer in new york and things were looking up from there too and you know it just it just got to a point where we just looked at each other and we said hey like we just can't do this anymore and uh so i had to stop and that was a really big blow to me mentally emotionally Um, it, it really, it really sucked and um, that was when I made the decision. When I got home, I said, listen, I am not going to let money dictate my life anymore. Um, so I got myself into a course and I figured out how to handle my money. Um, and I quickly fell in love with that because it totally transformed my life. So of course I was like, well, I want to share this with my friends and my family and my community. So I helped started leading that course as well for the community around me. And, I, and you know, I just did it for free because I just loved to help people. Um, and then it eventually turned into such a passion that was actually now it's more than music, which I never thought would ever happen. Um, so I started the coaching practice and I've been doing that for the last year and a half or so. And um, it's been awesome. You know, I, I've been able to make an impact with people, help people. And now I do coaching full time. and it's just been a huge blessing. And, um, you know, my whole backstory is the reason why I coach Hmm. it's the, the entire reason. And and it really boils down to this. The reason why I coach is because I do not want money to be the limiting factor on a person's dreams, their potential, their calling, whatever you want to call it. We were all put here on earth for a reason. Mm
0: -hmm. And
1: if money is standing in the way, I just think that that's really wrong. I I really do think it is. So
0: I wanna help
1: people be able, yeah, yeah. I I wanna help people to, you know, be the person that they're supposed to be and contribute the way they're supposed to, so.
0: Yeah, very cool. Well, I'm so glad that that story brought you to here. And honestly, I, I mean, if one of the biggest things that we wanna help people through is the ups and downs of what it looks like on the mental, just the mental side of coaching in general. Now you can say that you've experienced that in a different capacity, and I think that that is so important because even though you've only been coaching for a year and a half, and I'm I'm guessing that you've probably experienced a few ups and downs just in that year and a half. Uh, oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> but you can look back on your your other stories as well and draw insight from that with in, with regard to the ups and downs that you experienced and how to be scrappy and how to to get through those di- difficult moments.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. It's it's one of those things to where it's like. You know, I always think about the word failure, and I personally love failure because mm-hmm. I don't. I don't just take the failure and just be like, "Oh, I failed." You know, it's it's mm-hmm. one of those things where it's like, "Cool, you failed, but what did you learn from this, and how can you take that lesson and apply it towards your next thing?" And yeah. you know, I've I failed several times in my life, and I think that it's important to fail and to try to do something, yep. um, so that when you eventually you do find the thing that is like your bread and butter, it's the thing that you're meant to do that. You can take all those past trials and all those lessons and apply it forward. Um,
0: Yeah. And I, I just think that that's really
1: important. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Huge lesson. And I I absolutely love that. So glad that you're here. Absolutely. Thank you.
1: Yeah, no problem. So why don't you tell listeners about your story as well?
0: Well, it's not as sexy as your story, but, but I will, I will gladly share it because like you, my, my my past is what brought me to my present, right? So all the way back when I was 12 years old, I was in eighth grade, and one of our classmates decided that life was so difficult for him that he had to take his own life. And I remember just being absolutely shocked. He was maybe 13 because I was in eighth grade. I was a young kid. um, like in the class, I was one of the younger ones. So he might've been 13, but still I was like to, to think that someone at that age thought that it was just so hopeless that they had to actually shoot himself. Um, that was tragic. And so I'm going to turn that off. Sorry about that. Um, that was so tragic for me. And it, it just ignited something in my heart and in my soul that said, you are here to help people. So even at that young age, I knew nothing about what that really meant. I just knew that I was there to help people, and a lot of that happened because they had like all of the, you know, like the counseling sessions and stuff for the kids who had kind of walked through this. They were trying to help us process all this, and so that the whole idea of psychology was sparked in me at that time. So fast forward to uh, in high school, I started taking some psychology classes, and then in college, I decided to go ahead and major in psychology. Uh, And then when I decided to go and get my master's degree, I. I honed in on substance abuse and mental health. So that was one of the the key areas that I was going to apply all of my counseling skills to. And that's only important because after about 5 years in that industry and the amazing lessons that I learned from doing that, I was then married with two children. I'm thinking, cause I have four now, but at the time there were two children and um, we had gotten ourselves into about $93,000 worth of debt. Some of it was student loan, mm. um, most of it was not. I think there was about $40,000 of credit card debt. And so there was, I mean, it was different kinds of debt and yeah. uh, we had gotten to the point where we had to choose if we were going to actually take care of that and change some of our habits, or if we were going to uh, just dissolve the marriage because it wasn't gonna work both ways. And uh, we right. did choose to stay married. And we said, let's just, let's figure out, <laughs> yeah, right? 19 years later, here we are. Um, but we decided that we could have gone the easier route. And I say easy, not, not because bankruptcy is easy, because it's certainly not. Uh, But we knew, I knew, based on all of my past, that if we just did that, it would be like, it would just be like, I don't know, erasing something. And then it would just like, it would be like the invisible ink, right? Like you, you go ahead and erase it or the erasable one. And then it just comes back. Anyway, you can still see it because we wouldn't have changed our behavior. And so we said that we're going to go ahead and make these changes. We did a lot of the same programming that you talked about, I'm sure, um, where we just honed, like we just tackled debt and we got rid of it. And we had about $130,000 turnaround in Three and a half years. And we weren't making we're making about the average, like 60,000 a year or something like that. And having two kids, right? right? So it it sounds like it's this amazing accomplishment. In fact, I was listening to a radio show, probably one that you also know, and they would call in and they would do this debt free scream. Are you familiar with what I'm speaking about? Okay. Yep. So I remember driving in my car, like I, I would turn the radio on and I would listen to these debt-free streams. And Cody, when I tell you that I had literal goosebumps, I'm not kidding. I don't know if it's because I'm empathetic or if it, because I was just so excited, but people would call in and I would feel their story and I'd be so excited for them. And I'd be so excited for us. I'm like We are on this journey. We've got this. Would you yep. believe that when we got there... I didn't, I didn't have one goosebump. I mean, I was excited to say, Hey, we did this, but it, like nothing, I felt more for them (laughs) than I did for us. And that, I didn't understand it at the time. And it kind of, I grappled with it. I'm like, why is, why is this going on? And, um, like you i had friends and i had family who say, hey can you help me with this can you do this and so i decided well why not i mean what else do i have to do i'm I'm just a mom you know and i I wasn't working at the time because i had decided to stay home and i've always missed being out with people so i thought this would be a really good connection and and besides it's behavior change so is like all of the addiction and mental health stuff right so like i can use that information and do it here The problem was I was using a prescribed plan that was not my own. And so when I was out there helping people, there was still something at my gut level that didn't feel authentic. And so I grappled with that for about two and a half years in the beginnings of my coaching business. So even a year past where you are right now. And Mm -hmm. when I, when I really stopped to take a look at it, I call it my existential crisis. (laughs) I realized that. The reason I didn't feel any fulfillment before was because when we were going on that journey, it was a journey to a goal. It was not a journey to who we wanted to become. And so we weren't really paying attention to who we were becoming in the process. And it was all yeah. based on numbers. And and that was, the, well, that was the biggest feedback we had gotten.
1: Yeah. Well, that's really, really powerful. You know, it's not, you know, I, I think that we as coaches or, you know, even our clients sometimes, we, they think, you uh, That the numbers are all what matters and at the end of the day it's actually a very small portion so um you know if you wouldn't mind i I am curious to see if you could unpack that a little bit more
0: oh yeah sure um in for us when when we were not how do i unpack this for you in in a succinct way let me let me say this as a coach part of what didn't feel good for me is that back in the days of counseling, I knew that what was making me a very good counselor was my ability to meet someone where they were, to not have this prescribed thing that said, here's how you, here's how you get out of your mess, right? It was to right. listen to them, to listen for understanding, not to listen to respond. And so when I decided right. to start doing that with clients, then it, I felt like I was becoming more aligned with what I knew was the right approach, right? And also, I started speaking differently. I said, let's not focus on this number. Let's actually focus on who you are becoming. So if you want to become somebody who is an investor in your future self, that's different than somebody who's not able to spend money. Right. I'm not going to I don't want to get stuck in this scarcity mindset. I want to actually be able to to be abundant and have that intentionality that goes along with it. So that for me, that was huge for my clients. That was huge. And what I started to find out was that for financial coaches, that was a very important missing piece because so many financial coaches come into this industry with this prescribed plan. And usually the prescribed plan is just the plan that they went through to get out of their own mess, right? So it doesn't even have to be the same one that you did or the same one that I did. It's just this idea that, hey, this is what I did to get out of this mess. And so I'm going to prescribe this to you to get out of your mess. And we forget about the human person that is in there, right? Personal finance needs to be-
1: Personal. That's
0: right. And so we, we, as coaches, Especially, it's it's one of the things that I found just for myself was I want to help other coaches understand not just the importance of meeting someone where they are, but truly knowing the skills, how to do that. Because listening for understanding and to reflect back is a skill that not everybody has. And it's not, what, it's not one that is required to be in this industry. And so I'm just really excited to be able to help people along the way. And I think that what they're going to find is that once they're once they can figure some of that out, then they're also going to be able to do what I did and figure out who they are as a coach, right? Because they're going to start to go, I don't have to do this prescribed thing. And so then it gives them permission to mold themselves into the coach that they actually want to be and that was huge for me
1: yeah what i like about your story and the way that it kind of unfolds and blossoms uh is that you really you really do put a a strong emphasis on figuring out who someone wants to become Mm. and that's not with just your clients but also with yourself and you know your own coaching practice as well as the other coaches that you work with too And I think that that's really, really important. I think that, you know, when we think about results, whether it be for us as coaches or the clients, you know, it doesn't, it's not just about the numbers. It's just, it's just not, you know, that's only part of the battle. And I think that if you were to get those results and you'd be like, I got the results. Well, that's cool. That's great. Like, Mm -hmm. good job. But, you know, I would venture to say that if you don't have that fulfillment and you don't have that real growth, you don't have that transformation and that journey to, you know, where is a badge of honor or whatever, you know, have be a part of you, mm-hmm. then you're more than likely going to fall back in some way, yeah. you know? And I, I think that's important for the clients. I think that's important for us as coaches is to really understand that and to not make everything about just the numbers. Yeah. You know? the, the results, the results are very, very, um, more than just the numbers it's it's about the transformation that comes with it
0: absolutely and if you're so fixated like i was that that's see that's the thing i was so fixated on this debt-free idea right and that then Mm -hmm. i transferred that into a number but being debt-free wasn't something that at my core mattered like if i didn't if i died tomorrow and i'm not debt-free is it going to make a difference It, it for me it it wasn't like that. Wasn't something that I said I meant to be debt free, right? Do you see what I'm saying? But if I say yep. um, if I say that I was that I was meant to be a giver, then I want to make sure that I am giving not just monetarily, but of my time, of my talent, all of that. So there's something that's actually I can grasp onto. What I was going to say though, Cody, is that if I'm so fixated on the end result, I don't really take time to be in the moment. And I think that is really what the problem was. And I know that that's something that I personally have had to work on a lot. Um, I mean, it goes back to even I told you that I went through high school and college and master's. What I didn't tell you is that when we were at the high school graduation and everyone's throwing their hats in the air and they're all excited and everyone's like, what great accomplishments. Do you know what went through my mind? Yeah. I'm already there's something different ahead. There's something bigger. I'm already I'm already accepted into a college. I already know what that's it. So that's that's the goal. Same thing with my college graduation. I had already enrolled into a master's program directly out of college. And so I did not take the time to just enjoy the accomplishment of what had just taken place.
1: Yeah, I, I think that that is a huge problem uh, with a lot of people who are either entrepreneurs or, um, just high achieving people as a whole, right? Like, and I think that that's a reason as to why there's so many, you know, quote unquote depressed rich people Mm. is because they don't have that fulfillment and they don't enjoy the journey. And, you know, so if you think about it, you know, say you're a business owner and your first goal is like, okay, I'm going to hit a hundred grand a year. Then you get that and you're like, sweet, now I'm going to do 500,000. Then you get that and you're like, cool. What's next Mm -hmm. a million awesome Mm -hmm. what's next Mm -hmm. two million awesome what's next five ten hundred right and if you just if you just keep upping the ante yep that's good in a way because it helps push you forward but you eventually get to this point where you're making possibly millions and millions of dollars but you just feel empty right and it's really really uh it's tragic it really is and i think that it's very important to Live in the now,
0: mm-hmm. but
1: plan and execute for the future.
0: Yep,
1: it's it's easier said than done.
0: I know, but I know. think it's
1: very very important. And, and I'll admit, you know, I struggle with this myself as well at times, and you know, uh, more often than I would like to. You as know, and do our listeners,
0: I guarantee. Yeah, because because that's I, I because the people who are listening to this right now are high achievers. They wouldn't be mm-hmm. in this field if they weren't high achievers, and so Absolutely. I just if they don't struggle with it now it's because they are aware of it and they've been working on it. I, I really believe that. Uh, because at some point in our lives, if we are that high achiever, like you said, we're, we are like always looking for that next thing. And so it has taken, it has taken some real internal work for me to just slow the heck down and say, what am I learning right now? Who am I becoming right now in this moment? Because if I don't have a moment tomorrow, if if my life is cut short, Did I, did I do the things that I was meant to do in this moment? Did I learn the lessons that I was meant to learn in this moment? Did I help the people that I was meant to help in this moment? And for me, that's way more important than a specific number or a specific label of you know being debt free for example and so i I just i hope that the listeners resonate with that uh, because i think that that's a lot of what we're going to be talking about during the course of this entire podcast is you know not i mean we definitely are going to touch on a lot of the how to grow your business how to scale your business right we're going from from startup to scale up—that's exciting stuff, and it's measurable. And that's why it's so important for us to do that because we need to have something to measure something by. All I do is ask people to not just use a number to measure your ROI or to measure your success, to measure your progress. I really encourage people to take a look at what what are they actually wanting to do, who are they actually wanting to become, and use that as the measuring stick.
1: I agree so so powerful so all righty well that concludes episode one of the financial coaches podcast and we just wanted to say thank you for listening and uh, we're very excited to kick off the next episodes as well and uh just a couple things i want to run past everyone uh make sure that you subscribe to the show uh it's totally free it's just a good way to uh stay in the loop and you know see when new episodes are posted Um, and if you wouldn't mind also leaving a rating and possibly even sharing the show if you got value from it that would help us a a ton as well Uh, you know we're a brand new show and all the love and support would be super appreciated uh furthermore we also have a fantastic facebook group with like-minded coaches um so if you want to join that that is also free you can hop in the conversation there ask questions um you know help other coaches too if if, uh, it's something that you feel strongly about And that that Facebook group is called New Money Habits Coaches. Mm -hmm. So go ahead and hop in there. And last but not least, make sure to tune in next week. And uh, we are excited to move on to Episode 2 and beyond.
0: The only thing I'm going to add to that, Cody, if I may, is what we didn't tell our listeners yet is that we are going to be, throughout this podcast, accepting questions from our listeners. And so I want to make sure that you guys know that we want this podcast to be something that is for you from us, right? So we want to answer the questions that you have, not just the ones that we think you have. So please do feel free to send us those questions. Cody, I'm going to actually have you tell them where to send that to.
1: Sure. So all questions can be submitted to podcast at newmoneyhabits.com.
0: Fantastic. Thank you. You guys tune in next week. We'll see you then. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the Financial Coaches Podcast, brought to you by New Money Habits and Sizemore Financial Coaching. Submit your questions to our hosts by emailing podcast at newmoneyhabits.com. Be sure to subscribe to be notified of future episodes and join our growing group of like minded coaches on Facebook. And until next time, happy coaching. Music provided by Summer School.